You are listening to the Rolling Tape Podcast, and this is Matt Minton's interview with Sav Rogers, the director of Chasing Chasing Amy. understand why I love this movie so much. No. <laughs> For Sav Rogers, a queer kid growing up in Kansas, role models came from an unexpected source. When I was 12, I had a movie where the gay and lesbian characters were good and funny and out. They were able to live as their authentic selves. Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. The third film from director Kevin Smith. It's about a guy who falls in love with a lesbian. But Sav's about to find out. Life's not about finding your heroes. Welcome to the house of Andy Bill. It's about finding yourself. I'm directing a project about the legacy of Chasing Amy as an LGBTQ film. You find the film to be authentic to the LGBTQ community? I find it authentic to the straight dude who falls for a queer woman community. No longer being a lesbian by meeting the right man. That's going to be controversial. Ben Affleck's goatee was a bad idea. Let's go into the movie. <laughs> Something that's problematic can still mean a lot in your development. It was brave to portray somebody fluid. Seeing that movie helped me figure out, oh, that's me. That's gay. This girl loves me. It's cool to come to a place where a bunch of stuff changed your life. All right, let's go. That's where they have their big fight. Well, we're purifying it with our butts. <laughs> you were so supportive, and I was so alone in the world. How wonderful that you found something in it. The movie is amazing, but whatever moved you is a dark side, too. I can't erase the past. You don't just get a pass for that. I didn't know what I expected. I did not expect all this. Maybe what's really troubling you is that your fragile fantasy might not be true. Can we talk? This movie made me be honest with myself. Chasing Amy and chasing, chasing Amy. My butt has been what Ben Affleck's butt has been. Basically Ben Affleck. A little shorter. Hi, my name is Matt Minton. I'm with The Rolling Tape, and today I'll be chatting with Sav Rogers, the director of Chasing Chasing Amy. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Sav. Hey, thank you, Matt. I really appreciate your time and wanting to chat about the doc. Yeah, of course. Now, with the film's upcoming premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival, I'd love to hear about how it just feels to finally share it with the world. Well, it's a massive relief that the movie is done and now I get to share it with the world, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, You know, it's been four and a half years of, you know, near constant work on this. And, uh, you know, I know I speak for everybody who worked on this movie that we're just excited to be able to share it with everybody now. When was the first time you started to envision Chasing Chasing Amy as a film? Oh, gosh. I, I went through my notes recently just to kind of see where this whole process started. And really, the first time I thought about Chasing Chasing Amy as a documentary was back in 2015. Apparently, um, I don't remember this. The first time I remember kind of ideating on it was uh, 2017 at the Telluride Film Festival. You know, I was surrounded by so many incredible filmmakers and just getting to watch their movies and see, 
you know, how, uh, how they were, you know, coming to the market with these incredible films. And, uh, really it kind of was born for me there of like, okay, I think that this is a good idea and I want to pursue it. I know how to tell a story about chasing Amy and the LGBTQ plus community. And I'm really just excited to to be able to share what that journey ended up being because it's vastly different than whatever I, I had imagined in 2017. Yeah. How did the film you originally set out to make kind of change throughout the process? Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting because it changed a lot. It's a completely different movie than the one that I had set out to make. Uh, I had set out to make a movie that was really just an exploration of how the LGBTQ community at large felt about chasing Amy. And what ended up happening is that I had a lot of really smart collaborators around me who said, Hey, Sav, we're all here because we respond to your story and how you feel about chasing Amy. We think that you should start to include yourself in the narrative. And if you ask any single person that I worked with on the documentary, they will all say, Sav did not want to be in this movie. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm really thankful that I listened to them because, you know, the movie that we have now is so personal. Um, and, uh, I think it resonates a lot better than my initial vision for the movie. And once I was able to really lean into the personal aspect of it, it kind of became something completely different, um, but something that I think was ultimately better in the end. Yeah. Why didn't you want to include yourself initially? Oh, gosh. I mean, it just seems so self-aggrandizing to include myself as the center of this documentary. You know, um, I'd seen a lot of documentaries that didn't work. Um, with a documentary with a documentarian at the center of it all. Um, and what I didn't want was a movie where there was any kind of unearned sincerity. Um, I wanted a movie that was really honest in the same way that Chasing Amy was honest. And I think we ultimately achieved that, <laughs> but you know it's it's pretty nerve-wracking to, you know, uh, go out and make a movie and then for people to tell you, yeah, but have you considered making this other movie? <laughs> and then for that other movie to kind of center your own vulnerability, not only as a filmmaker, but as a person, it's unnerving to to come out and have to, you know, frame that for an audience. You know, it's an extremely vulnerable place to be in. And I didn't want to do that. But in, at the end of the day, um, I am really happy with what our team accomplished uh, with this movie, because I think it, it it's a coming of age story at the end of the day. And it's one that I think reflects something that's kind of been unseen before in, in a lot of ways of how does this piece of media help you grow as a human being? How does it continuously follow you throughout your life? And then what happens when you don't need it anymore? How has your relationship with Chasing Amy as a film evolved since you started the project? Oh, gosh. Well, you'd have to watch the the documentary for me to, to share all of that. But uh, it's evolved tremendously. Um, you know, Chasing Amy was a life raft when I needed it as a as a 12 year old in a really dark place. And, you know, I kind of clung to it over the last however many years since then. And, you know, almost two decades later. You know, my relationship with it has evolved over time, which I think you can see in the movie. But it was, you know, it's it's vulnerable. It's definitely vulnerable. Um, and uh, I'm really excited for people to see kind of just how that relationship shifts.
Yeah. Can you talk about what it was like to have the support of uh, Kevin Smith throughout the project and what was, was it what you expected? Yeah. I mean, great question. So uh, back in 2018, uh, I was selected for a program called the TED residency program and uh, effectively they gave me an opportunity to give a TED talk on anything that I wanted. Um, and you know, they basically asked me in the interview process, if you had to give a TED talk tomorrow, what would it be about? And I told them the story of my life being tangled up with chasing Amy and what it did for me as a kid, a queer closeted kid growing up in Kansas. And they were like, that's the most narrow specific pitch for a TED talk we've ever heard. Uh, let's do it. <laughs> and so I moved to New York and really who I gave the TED talk for was myself, but my secondary audience with it was Kevin. I wanted Kevin to see the TED talk because that was going to be a lot better than any introductory email could have ever have been, right? There's no amount of, hey, I think you should, I think you should meet this guy uh, that moves the needle more than being able to tell your story in a, a specific way that can get somebody's attention. And so the day the TED talk came out in 2019, enough people had sent it to Kevin within an hour of it being online that he reached out to me. And I was like, wow, like this is wild. This is absolutely wild. And it was pretty indicative of how the rest of our relationship and our rapport has been, which is he's been very kind to me. He's been very generous with me in terms of his time and his, and his resources, like connecting me with, with people who were in chasing Amy. And, um, you know, I'm forever grateful for that. Um, you know, Kevin did not have to give me as much of his time as he has. Um, and yet he continues to be kind, uh, to me and invest in me as a, as a storyteller by just supporting me and by watching this movie. Um, and I, and I really appreciate it. Yeah. What were some of the biggest challenges you faced when making the documentary? Gosh, there were a lot of challenges making chasing, chasing Amy. Um, I'd say the biggest was balancing my myself as the filmmaker and balancing myself as the primary participant in the documentary because those are two very different roles and they are often in conflict with each other. You know, I had to think of myself as a movie character rather than a person sometimes. Um, it requires your brain to reflect and to uh, do mental gymnastics in some ways to be able to balance, okay, what's the story versus the humanity of the person at the center of it. Um, and there were a lot of times where I did not want to watch cuts of myself, you know, as a trans guy who comes out in the middle of this, there were a lot of times where it was very difficult for me to watch early footage of the movie and to see a part of myself that I would not have otherwise chosen to be preserved in this way for everybody to see. But I also knew it was important for the story for people to be able to see the main character's growth and change over time, not just physically, but emotionally. There are times where I cringe so hard and it was hard to get through cuts of watching it, of which I'm, I'm so thankful to our, our editor, Sharika, and our, and our AE, Lauren, for helping me get through that, um, as well as the rest of the producers, because it's a very vulnerable place to be while they're waiting for notes from their director and I'm having a hard time even just watching it because of the feelings that it brings up for me personally. Um, and so it was a real team effort there. Um, and so I would say that's the most, that was definitely the most difficult aspect of the film was just being able to reconcile those conflicting feelings that I had as the director and the participant. 
Yeah. When you were originally setting out to make this documentary, did you expect to get all the interviews with the people that you did? Yeah, I was hoping, gosh, I was hoping that I'd be able to get all the interviews that I did. I mean, you know, everybody was so kind to give me any of their time, but you know, I, the people who I really, really wanted to interview were obviously Kevin, Joey, and Guinevere Turner. Um, those, those three, you know, were the whole story. Um, when I was setting out to make it, I thought there's really something here. Um, and I, and I want to be able to talk to them. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm so thankful, you know, that, you know, also Jason Lee is in it and Scott Moser and so many incredible, you know, talking heads like, you know, Andrew on and uh, Christopher Raxter and Princess Weeks and Kevin Wilmot. I mean, uh, I am, uh, it's an embarrassment of riches, the incredible people who talked to me in this documentary who didn't make the cut, let alone the, who didn't make the final cut, let alone the people who are in the final movie. Um, it's just a, an incredible experience. Yeah, what surprised you most throughout the whole project? I think the most surprising part of the whole movie besides me ended up besides me ending up being in the movie as much as I am uh was the interview with Joey, you know? It's a very raw, vulnerable, kind of gut-wrenching interview um that I did not anticipate in any way shape or form, but I think really informs if, you know, people feel like anything works about the movie, I think this is the part that works. Um, this vulnerable exchange that we have um, and that I'm, you know, I'm just so thankful. What legacy do you hope this documentary leaves behind, especially for like LGBTQ audiences? Oh, gosh. Uh, thinking about a legacy is funny just because we're like, we're just so in it still. <laughs> and so uh, it's a great question. You know, I I really hope that I really hope that this movie connects with somebody out there the way that Chasing Amy connected with me as a kid. Um, doesn't matter what phase of life they're at or, you know, if they're queer or not, you know, uh, I just really hope that it resonates in some way where somebody feels a little better or, you know, they, they feel like they've seen themselves or they've related to a life experience that wildly differs from their own. Um, I, you know, I, I hope that somebody gets something out of it in that way where it's personal and there's a lasting impact in their minds. That's all I can really hope for. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess what advice would you leave for up and coming LGBTQ filmmakers? Oh gosh. You know, I think, I think, uh, the answer is to just give yourself permission to do something that hasn't been prescribed to you already. Um, for example, uh, I come out as trans in this documentary and there were a lot of there was a lot of time spent with me thinking, okay, well, how do I how do I showcase uh, transition? Something that is so, in my opinion, more uh, internal, right? The process of coming of age and becoming yourself, right? I, I think you know, in the last hundred years of cinema, as disclosure so eloquent eloquently showed, the transness and, and trans people have been portrayed as one thing for a really long time, uh, depicted as something that's it's surface deep, right? Um, it's, it's not something that's this internal journey of, of becoming the person, you know, that you're supposed to be right. Um, you know, trans people, we've always been here, but we've seen ourselves very little over the course of human history. If we look at like media representation, right. 
And so for me, as I was thinking about how to come out as trans in the movie and how to show the audience that journey, I was thinking about it in ways that had been kind of prescribed to me by other filmmakers, by cis filmmakers who don't know what it's like and don't understand that it's something more than just uh, a, a, a your appearance, right? To, to, for lack of a better term, or the way that trans people are medicalized. And so, you know, I, I, I give so much credit to all of my collaborators for helping me work through this, but especially Alex Schmitter, my producing partner. We talked a lot about, hey, what if you didn't, you know, show you injecting hormones? What if you didn't show your private medical history for the world to see? What if we really focused on the internal journey and the process of becoming yourself in that way? And for and with that permission, I was able to really more freely explore artistically throughout the movie, but specifically as it as it uh, as it pertains to me coming out as a trans guy, right? And what you see in the movie is very intentional that I come out as I come out as trans, and that's about every where the boundary is drawn. That like, yep, this is how you'll refer to me. I'm I'm a guy. Please use he him pronouns. Um, and I don't want to have a, an in-depth conversation with everybody I've ever met about it. And that's very intentional. And so, you know, for other LGBTQ filmmakers who were trying to figure out like, well, how do I, how do I tell my story? How do I tell this story? How do I, how do I just become the filmmaker I know I'm supposed to be? Think differently. Think outside of what's been prescribed to you. What do you want to see? I want to see m movies that are way more about the work way more than just about the worst things that have ever happened to us. And there is a place for those stories. There is a place for explorations of hurt and trauma. But at the end of the day, that's not who we are at all. You know, our lives are so much richer. We have fun. We have friends. We have family. We have chosen family. Uh, you know, I want to see queer joy on screen. I want to see trans joy on screen. I want to see shenanigans. I want to see all kinds of things that I've never seen before starring LGBTQ people, let alone helmed by LGBTQ people. Um, that's what I'm, that's what I would say is figure out your point of view and figure out how to tell your story in a surprising way and to circumvent the narratives that have been prescribed to you. Yeah, that was really beautifully said. And I, I found this film thank to you. be really inspiring. So I want to say thank you personally for, for your film. Uh, anything, I thank guess you. my last question is just, do you have anything uh, any other projects coming up in the future that we should look forward to? It's a it's a hard time right now with the writer strike to be able to talk about any future projects or anything like that. Um, what I'm hoping for is that I'll continue to to be able to tell optimistic stories about how we are so much better when we're together than when we're isolated. Um, I think that's a, a running theme throughout anything that I write or that I make. Um, and so I'm really excited for opportunities to share that, whether it's narrative or unscripted. Um, in the most immediate sense, I'm really looking forward to connecting with audiences uh, with for Chasing Chasing Amy and to be able to go to screenings and see what people think and to be able to connect with people. You know, it's this weird one-sided thing where now everybody knows so much more about my life than I know about them. And I'd love to just spend some time getting to, to learn about their lives and, and what you know, either chasing Amy or chasing, chasing Amy or anything that's had any significance in their life um, means to them, uh, whether or not they're queer. Um, 
And so I'm really excited uh, about that. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Matt. Um, well, I, I have a few more seconds. Uh, you said you watched the movie and that you found this meaningful. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so curious. Like, is there a movie that like was really impactful on you? Yeah, um, I'm trying to. I know the movie Love Simon was what came got me to come out to my mom. And looking back, like I know there's some problems with that movie, but I, I, I just like that was kind of one of the pivotal movies for me when I was, I think I was in ninth grade. I was like in high school when that came out, so that was a big movie for me. Um, That's amazing. I, I really like that movie. I love the soundtrack and what Jack Antonoff did with it and everything. Um, but I mean, you said problematic i mean like you know i know all about the movie that helped you come out being uh problematic i don't know what specifically you're referring to with with that but i think regardless of what anybody else thinks of the movie that that helped you you know that still has meaning for you and i don't think you need to apologize for it yeah i i totally agree um and i think that's something that i've struggled with sometimes um it's just feeling like I have to justify myself with like the media that inspired me, but I just know that it had such a big impact on me and that, that alone makes it like meaningful and worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, and, and we can look at, at, at films and the context in which they were introduced and lived in, and we can look back on it and see progress, right? Ideally we've seen a lot of progress since chasing Amy came out or since love Simon came out. And it's okay to be like, well, this movie was situated at a very specific point in time and we can learn from it. And the movies that we make now don't have to have the problems that any of these films have. Although, again, I don't know what you're talking about with Love, Simon, but um, I, I think that there's there's power in that. So no need to be apologetic. Like that's that's the movie that means something to you. Own it. Yeah. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. Um, well, thank you so much for your time and I appreciate you watching this movie and um, you know, I, I, uh, I hope that our paths cross at Tribeca and that I get to shake your hand and say hi. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. 